Ice cover on Lake Michigan is happening less and less. That's why Grand Traverse Bay hasn't frozen yet. In the last 20 years, the bay has only froze six times, so we're seeing a reduction in ice cover in the last 20 years here in the Grand Traverse region. Ice plays a role in the ecology of the bay, impacting fish and water levels. Also, making music from melting glaciers. That's coming up on Points North. I'm Noelle Riley. News broke this week that Nestle Waters will not appeal a Michigan court decision that sided with Osceola Township over a zoning dispute. I'm joined by IPR reporter Taylor Wisner, who will tell us what that means. Hi, Taylor. Hi, Noelle. So give us a little background on Nestle Waters in Michigan. Well, a few years ago, Nestle Waters North America decided it wanted to pump more water from its White Pine Springs well. Thousands of Michiganders submitted comments opposing Nestle. But the State Department of Environment, Great Lakes and Energy, also known as EGLE, said after they did their extensive research, they found that extra pumping wouldn't be harmful to the local water table. Then the agency okayed Nestle to increase the amount of water it takes, that's 150 gallons a minute, to now 400 gallons a minute. Hmm. Like many states in the U.S., Michigan doesn't have strict rules for water use, and people were really upset that Nestle only had to pay $800 a year for the privilege. Okay, so tell us what this lawsuit between a northern Michigan town and a giant water bottling company is all about. Well, Nestle got the state's approval, but they also needed permission from Osceola Township, which is near their well. Nestle wanted to install a pump there that would allow them to transport the extra water. But the township determined Nestle's site wasn't zoned properly and denied the request. That sparked a legal battle over zoning. Nestle tried to argue for a loophole, saying that the water was an essential public service, so they should be allowed to bypass zoning rules. A circuit court agreed with the company, but the appellate court reversed that decision Hmm. and sided with the township. Okay. What does this mean, though? Will Nestle still be allowed to pump water in Michigan? Well, yes. Nestle is still pumping water from its White Pine Springs well. The fact that they aren't appealing only means that they won't try and build this structure. This is delaying Nestle's ability to get that extra water that they were permitted to pump. But the Osceola Township city manager says he thinks Nestle might have another plan. Nestle wouldn't speak with us, but they provided a statement that said they'd explore other options to transport the water. Okay. Does it seem like the court decision will have any lasting effects on policy surrounding Michigan's groundwater? It's definitely brought attention back to this issue. Uh, Just this week, Senator Bernie Sanders, who's vying for the Democratic nomination for president, tweeted about Detroit water shutoffs and Nestle's bottling operation in Michigan. There's also a lawsuit pending in the state administrative court asking the judge to revisit Eagle's decision on Nestle's water pumping. Depending on the results of that, we may see more blocks in Nestle's path. Still, until the state changes that law, companies will continue to be able to take out Michigan's water without paying very much. Okay, thank you for looking into this, Taylor. Happy to do it. Ice cover on Grand Traverse Bay is declining, and that impacts whitefish but it may offer some relief for high water levels. Right now, there's free-flowing water on the bay. We've got calm waters here in the western arm of Grand Traverse Bay. 
No ice formation yet. That's Heather Smith, the baykeeper at the Grand Traverse Watershed. By this time last year and the year before, the bay was already frozen to Power Island. We typically uh, see the bay freezing in February or March. There are a few years when it did freeze in late January, but that is typically when we get those long periods of cold weather. She says historically Grand Traverse Bay would freeze more than 50% of the time. But winter temperatures across the Midwest are the eighth warmest on record, according to the Midwest Regional Climate Center. Additionally, Lake Michigan is about one degree warmer this winter than last. And this weekend, temperatures could peak in the upper 30s and low 40s. Chances are that ice won't cover the bay this winter. In the last 20 years, the bay has only froze six times, so we're seeing a reduction in ice cover in the last 20 years here in the Grand Traverse region. And that really is in parallel with what we're seeing in the entire Great Lakes. There's generally a downward trend for ice cover in all five of our Great Lakes. She says it has to do with the changing climate. According to the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, ice cover has been on a downward trend since the 70s across the Great Lakes. That has big impacts for fish. So for something like a whitefish, um, it's typically thought to be good if you have ice cover during the winter. That's Steve Petoven, a fisheries biologist for NOAA. Whitefish spawn in November and hatch in late March or early April. So ice cover is good to protect the eggs from turbulent waters and wave action. And that's just sort of kind of been the, you know, the holy grail for whitefish. But ice cover is not great for other species like alewife and yellow perch, he says. Winter can be hard for those fish. Although alewife is an invasive species, Introduced salmon, a popular sports fish, rely on them for food. Everything, everything is just sort of a, a matter of perspective on what you're looking at or you know, there's trade-offs. According to baykeeper Heather Smith, ice cover also affects water levels and shoreline erosion. More evaporation can uh, lead to lower lake levels. I know that everybody's watching that very closely as we're in one of our very high lake level years. And if the bay doesn't freeze, that means more wave action will hit the shoreline, increasing erosion over the winter. But how about other bays up north? The Straits of Mackinac are frozen enough for hockey. St. Ignace hosted the annual Labatt Blue Pond Hockey Championship last weekend. And the ice has locked in the Starline Ferry that takes passengers to and from Mackinac Island. It stopped running on Valentine's Day, says Samantha York at Starline Ferry. So right now it is pretty frozen over, um, not anywhere near enough for the ice bridge to form yet. However, it has frozen enough to lock us into the dock and to keep us from our departures. She's used to the ferry being iced in until spring, but she says some people think the upcoming warm temperatures will break things up in the straits. Matthew Bertner is also thinking about ice, specifically melting glaciers in Alaska. He's been recording the sounds they make. He calls this listening to climate change. The composer and sound artist says glaciers are noisy animals. And they look so still and grand and like, they have monuments, they like granite. But in fact, when you're on it, that thing is super active, super fast paced. It's not at all like we imagine from the picture of it. Matthew Bertner wants people to know what glaciers are really like and is creating music from the sounds they make. He was at Interlochen Center for the Arts earlier this month with a percussionist named Matthew Duvall, one of the founders of the Chicago-based ensemble Eighth Blackbird. 
with a group of percussionists from the Academy, they performed a work called Transient Landscapes. This was outdoors in an open field, filled with percussion instruments, and there were speakers to play recordings of melting glaciers. Duvall explained the music to a crowd of students and staff. We're going to build a tidal glacier out of some different concepts. A couple of them are very literal glacier behaviors. For example, some people walked around playing wooden planks. The reason they're playing wooden planks while they walk is that one of the definitions of a tidal glacier is that it contains comp uh, pockets of highly compressed air. And as the seawater melts the small glaciers, or large as it were, the, I the air is released and makes popping sounds. Composer Matthew Bertner says his music is a form of climate change activism, but he's not trying to persuade anyone directly. My theory is that the, that the best, the most effective activism is allowing people through reflection and reason to come to their own conclusion. That's their own, basically their idea. And the piece isn't telling them that idea, it just creates a place where they might form that idea on their own. When I pretend I'm a listener and I just listen and think, well, you know, how does it make me feel? You know, I, if I know that's the melt and then I let it soak into my, into my imagination and I imagine that, you know, the demise of the glaciers is in fact our own demise, that we their melt is also our melt. And when the glaciers are gone, you know, maybe we'll be gone. And that's a, that's a, a kind of tragic piece that puts us in direct relationship with the glaciers. Performance of transient landscapes at Interlochen Center for the Arts was only the second one ever. They'll be performing it again in Virginia this spring. That's the show this week. I'm Noelle Riley. Peter Payette helps me produce the show. Thanks to students from the Interlochen Arts Academy who recorded Transient Landscapes and their instructor, Mark Luquesta. He's the director of music production and engineering. Have a great weekend.